Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into the drive here on 93.9 The Bill. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. It is a beautiful uh, Monday out, although I would imagine, Dave, everybody's a little bit bleary-eyed. Uh, we got to do something about this day after the Super Bowl. And It's, it's appalling. Partly, it's it's appalling. partly, you know, because of the time, mm-hmm. but partly also because I eat like a maniac. Yes. Uh, uh, during the Super Bowl, and I just don't, I don't feel good about or feel good about myself after I eat that much. <laughs> but I enjoy it in the moment, and then I feel terrible all day uh, today. I've got a cold or, or something uh, going on right now, but we got to do something about making this a holiday for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like the most logical thing has always been, especially since they have a two-week break already, is to just at some point just make it Super Bowl Saturday. Who cares anymore? It doesn't like the college football is out of the picture by February. Yeah. You know, the the short week is not a question. Like I said, it's 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 a two week break. So I just it, it's the logical, it's a logical conclusion that needs to happen at some point. Because this kid, this this aggression shall not stand, Mark. Just it shall not stand. Well, it's standing just fine. That's the whole no. Point. I know. We got to do. Something oh, we're just gonna this. keep doing it. <laughs> Well, you can't do a – just here's the thing. When it comes to Super Bowl, quote-unquote, Sunday, you can't play playoff games on Saturday, and you can't play a game on Monday, and you can't play a game on Thursday, and then tell me that there's something, like, sacrosanct about playing on Sunday. Right. Right? Like, we're playing four days a week, and you're playing playoff games on Saturdays. We can play the Super Bowl on a Saturday. Yeah, and, like, the in the biggest argument against it during the season, and even, even then they don't really care, is college football on Saturday. You know, and, and they don't do Saturday until late in the year, but still they do it. And I just, there's that, that argument's completely out the window by the time, you know, February is right. It just doesn't make any, they, they own the schedule. They could change it to Saturday. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the, the, uh, the reality for everyone. They could put that thing anywhere they wanted it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it'll take over wherever, whatever slot they, they put it in. And it did last night. It was a worthy game. It was uh, one of those games that is wonderful if you have no rooting interest. Like, this was a great right. game to, to kind of, on an emotional level, not really care who won. A spectacular game. Individual, like, a close game isn't always a good game. and But, but this was great, great plays, characters, storylines, comebacks, clutch plays. We even got a doink. Shout out to we got a doink. Who, who 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 vote who uh, maybe bet on doink uh, or no doink? I think that uh, overtime was like you could have bet. Will the game go to overtime and go? It was like plus eight hundred, mm. uh, and the Chiefs ripped your guts out uh, again. Oh, I got a better one if you want to hear it. Let's hear it. So I won a little money last night because I had a a parlay with the Chiefs money line and the over. So I, I won right. a little bit of money, but my big it, like uh, what is Chiefs money line like? That's not. That's like the least bold bet I've ever heard. <laughs> Except that they were one and a half point. Underdogs. I know. So, I, mean, I know. That was just me betting on the results. In retrospect, you know, it was just me betting on the results. It wasn't 
you know, any big grand plan. That was me trying to win some money, you know. And and then sure, I had a I had a another bet, which was a, a big parlay, it was just over on the Eagles total, over on the Chiefs total, and then the Chiefs win by between seven and twelve points. So what happened at the end of the game? <laughs> well, here a slide wanna... at the one, Mark. A oh, slide I know. At the I know. One. I know. Slide this, at the one. I gotta give it. I gotta give it to both teams. It did not help your gambling at all. I understand that. But it cost me eleven hundred and fifty dollars is what it did. This felt <laughs> like one of the smartest Super Bowls ever. You know, like both yeah. teams just did a whole lot of really smart, clever creative things like it was fun to watch it wasn't like a slug fest or anything like it was i was, was rooting a, for ignorance at the end mark <laughs> yeah they, yeah they i got no, no such that. thing we've had that elsewhere uh, but here I, I for me like there are a handful of takeaways from it and we've got a ton to, uh, to get into really uh, throughout uh, the show here today uh, we've got obviously louisville and, and miami over the weekend played a very different game than louisville's played a lot uh this year and there actually were some things to like out of that. I think you'd probably agree with me uh, on sure, that one. Sure. And there haven't always been in-losses, so we're going to talk about that. Obviously, the announcement uh, today for UofL, they are going to hang a banner of sorts in the UM Center. I want to talk uh, about that because there's a there's a lot that has gone into that that I just want to make sure people don't just brush it away as, as meaningless because it's not. Uh, and get people's reactions uh, to it. But from the Super Bowl, can I – I wanted to start – where a lot of people's interest in maybe uh, watching the Super Bowl was, and that was the halftime show. And here's here's what I wanted to say. Like, maybe the biggest um, revelation to me was the complete hypocrisy from many, many, many females who immediately... But Dave, we have both had it drilled into our brains... You don't ask a woman if she's pregnant. You don't <laughs> say she's pregnant. You don't hint she's pregnant. You don't. You don't. You don't say it. And like after one minute of that halftime show, which I thought was fun, it was great. It, it was. Great. It, it, there was, I don't think it was spectacular, but it was fine. It, I it was, was really fun. good. I enjoyed it for what it was. It I was a I, seventeen minute halftime. I show. thought it was bold that they went back to back with like songs with jay-z features and just didn't have jay-z out there i was like all right i guess we can listen to the chorus immediately everywhere on social media people are like oh man she's i bet she's pregnant Mm -hmm. man i bet she's pregnant like i thought we weren't supposed to do that so i i agree there was one little thing and i got that in like the my sister the 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 text thread i'm in with my sisters uh She, like, unzipped her jacket and kind of rubbed her belly in a certain way at the beginning to kind of indicate that she was pregnant. You know what I mean? And that's – that was – and she sort of did the whole touching of the belly, the whole the whole show. But whatever. I, I mean, I – I just thought it was funny. Yeah, I was at the Super Bowl party, and people were like, is, that, is, that, is she pregnant? Is that what's going on here? And I was like, I don't know. I know she had a kid, like, really recently, uh, which was last May, So and she's already – pretty far along so these kids are gonna be like irish twins or close to it um but yeah it was it was kind of funny the discourse around that considering like how we are not supposed to be allowed to be like within a million miles of that and i'm okay yeah. with that by the way like i don't know well, no, i don't I, ever I'm want not to speculate to it i'm just saying we did not follow it there <laughs> right, at all right everyone just fell free to jump right on that but i look i thought it was the game itself was was excellent. I thought halftime was excellent. Chris Stapleton doing the national anthem was excellent. Yeah, the he's ads, an all-timer. The ads didn't mean anything to me at all. Uh, but they, like the older I get, the less I care about that stuff. Well, the last the two ads. years, the 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 last two Super Bowl parties I've been to, like it's been pretty noisy, and I just haven't really paid attention to the ads, you know. And and if there's been some notable ones, I've gone back, and uh, like if if there's like buzz about them, you know, I'll go back and watch them maybe like the next day or whatever if they're if they're on. Twitter or whatever, but I, I I haven't paid nearly as much attention during the Super Bowl. It's hard enough for me to pay attention to the game action when there's like last night there were nine kids at the Super Bowl party. So, oh god! So, and they're all under the age of six. So oh man! It, it was extremely loud. <laughs> and, yeah. 
<laughs> hard to focus on the action. It was probably your Super Bowl party was probably indistinguishable from the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> That's about right. Uh, honestly, I felt like I needed a referee too. Oh, we got to talk about refs uh, a little bit later <laughs> uh, as well. <laughs> but uh, look, I enjoyed every minute of the game. I, again, I was glad that I did not have a rooting interest in in how that turned out. Uh, because I thought uh, that would have killed me if I was an Eagles fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, a loss that close uh, in, in at least mildly uh, controversial uh, fashion with the, uh, the the defensive holding call there. Uh, I, got, <laughs> I got my jokes off immediately, which is fun for me. And I'm, ne- I'm, ne- I'm almost never serious in any of this. So if, you, if you're like bleeding died in the wool like this was the right call that's fine like that th- that's fine i didn't have a problem with it it just it doesn't feel right in those situations <laughs> and and don't you think that really when we think about this super bowl that call and all of the receptions reviews all you walk away with it like i know we have to write rules and i know we have to have <laughs> You know, but like that's a catch. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it, like I did that multiple times in that game. It's like these are unbelievably athletic plays. Just let them be catches. The game's not going to get ruined. No one's going to start being like everything's a catch now. But between that play and the, all the reviews of catches that look like catches, it just none of that felt right. We got to be able to do something about that. So my my film professor brother-in-law who doesn't watch any football texted me after the second big review and was like, so what is a catch? <laughs> and I did not have a good answer for him. Like, I, I tried to break down why the Devontae Smith catch was overturned, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I agree with it. <laughs> but, and I was like, honestly, at the end of the day, Stu, I, I said, buddy, I watch as much football as anybody, and I and I struggle with it too, so you're, you're, you're okay. It's not, a, it's, it's not like unique to you because you don't watch enough football. Like, we don't know what a catch is either. <laughs> well, and I'm not sure that anybody truly does. That's what does. I'm saying. Like, it's, I don't know. I but feel like know, it's one of those things that the spirit of the rule should mean more than the actual letter of the law. <laughs> but, listen, I, I I think you are 100% on the money about that. That, yeah. that the receptions rule and the defensive holding rule, the, the intent really should matter a lot. And I, I think if you, the average person watching those would think they were all catches and probably does not notice that that's defensive holding even though it it meets like the letter of the law definition of right it. And, and and would not have thought because i think if you reversed it and the, the chiefs have to settle for a field goal much sooner and the eagles get the ball with a chance to drive back down and, and try to tie the game you would not have felt like they got away with robbery there the Eagles. You would not have thought like, oh man, yeah. they should have. Yeah, they like that's they were cheating, and that's how. Like, you would not have thought that. And to me, like, if you don't think that they got away with something on something like that, it probably wasn't what you called. See, like I, I feel like the angle we were getting wasn't the best angle for us to, yeah. to assess because I really didn't have a problem with the call, and I think that Mahomes' throw was hurried because he saw the holding and he wanted to call attention to it. You know what I mean? Like he. He threw the he threw the ball in that direction and immediately started signaling because he was like, "Look, you know it's holding. You have to call that." Um, I don't know. Like I, I can't definitively say that it didn't affect the play, and I can't definitively say that it did. But it looked like holding to me at the moment, and I was okay with the call. But I understand being an Eagles fan and being really upset about that. I was upset about it because if he did hold him, he prevented me from hitting my bet. Cost me so, money. Cost me money. They owe me money. So I know that we, like we have Elliot Mattingly on on Thursdays, and we mm-hmm. talk a lot about you know injuries and and the, all of that stuff, and we do, and we will. But like, can we? We need an investigation. Is Pat Mahomes actually hurt? <laughs> that 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 scramble at the end didn't look like it. Yeah, I was about to say like if that's him injured, he's like running away from Eagles defenders. And now the story comes out that he he just refused treatment at halftime of the game. And I'm like, what? like he's in agony on the sideline. He right. looks like he's in he's in childbirth 
on the sidelines right before halftime. And then he's running full speed away from defenders at the end of the game with the game on the line. Now, one, he's amazing. We'll talk about him in a second. But uh, he's a phenomenal player. Like, are we gonna are we hurt or not? <laughs> it's like, make up your mind. Are you hurt or not? <laughs> what? I mean, you know, like when you have kids and they're that's like, a, oh, I can't do this. I don't feel good. And then like there they are, like they're doing. You know, like then you see them and they're running full speed and they're totally fine. Or they got energy to fight with each other. I'm like, I thought you didn't feel good. Like that's. I caught myself thinking that a couple times. I'm like, what's up with that ankle? Is it hurting or not? Is Patrick Mahomes hurt or not? Are you hurt or not? <laughs> Some oh, Billy God Reed classic. Billy Reed. God bless him. Patrick any, uh, Mahomes any, hurt or not? Anything jump out at you uh, worth uh From the Super out? Bowl? Yes. I mean, look, no sacks allowed by the Chiefs offensive line was a huge... Storyline going stars of that game. Yeah, going into the game and coming out of the game, that was a, a massive storyline for different reasons. And a lot of people thought that that defensive front uh, from the Eagles would be able to get to the quarterback. And I do think the field looked a little. They looked like they were getting having a tough time getting their footing, but the 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 Chiefs really the offensive line showed out. Orlando Brown had that nice uh, quote after the game. Basically, I always love when offensive lines have big games. Warms my heart. And they had a big game. And there was a lot of breakdowns. There were a lot of nerdy offensive line stuff on certain plays that I was I was looking at after the game last night. It was a pretty great performance. Uh, we're, Pat Mahomes is a wizard. Yes. Uh, he is. He truly is incredible. Uh, I think that he has haters, not detractors. I think if he has, he's beginning to have people that root against him because he's that thing where he's been anointed so early. Right that people are, are just rooting for it to not happen, you know, with him, and that's not really his fault. And the only thing you can do when you're that guy is just keep making it happen. And he's unbelievable, and he makes the team unbelievable. They trade Tariq Hill, and you got your wide receivers out here that are cast off some other teams, and uh, Kadarius Tony, who's never been healthy, all of a sudden is, is making huge plays. You know, in the Super Bowl, they seventh round running backs and crap like that. Like it just, it almost doesn't matter as long as he's got a little bit of protection and Kelsey. They're going to be good forever, man. Yeah, no, and I think that you know a lot of people think he's a cheesy dude and and he gets hate for his family and everything. Like, yep. You know, he's bottom line is he's a killer. You know, he's got the high voice and it's funny to me. Like whenever he starts talking, he sounds kind of like a, a Kermit the Frog, and I love it. You know, because <laughs> he's an yeah. absolute killer. It is just people hate him. There is nobody because somebody uh, tweeted out last night. Like, I guess the like this will silence the the Mahomes doubters. I was like, that's there's no doubters. There's only oh, haters. Okay. Like nobody out there actually thinks he's not the best quarterback or one of the two best quarterbacks in the league. Like nobody has doubted that. It's not like Lamar Jackson. When there's people out there that still don't buy him. There's nobody out there. They just don't like him. There's a difference. Like they're haters. And I don't even know if they don't like him. They just don't like – I think LeBron has almost always dealt with this. People – a lot of people kind of re reflexively buck against being told that this person is already sure. going to be one of the all-time greats. Like, and like you mentioning him like, with Tom Brady and stuff when he's only five right. years in, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That sort of thing sort of just ruffles people to where you kind of root against them just so they like, settle down. You know, right. and I under I I understand that I have no problem with it, but he was he was unbelievable last night. Both quarterbacks were unbe unbelievable. Oh, Jalen Hurts, like I don't want him to be overshadowed too much because he had some phenomenal throws last night. I feel like if anybody silenced any doubters, it was probably him. Well, and more than that, I thought it was a it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was it was creative. You know, it was uh, it. Not in almost in any way traditional offenses from either team. Lots of great individual performances still, though. Devontae Smith, is his life is like in danger. <laughs> he has got to gain some weight. He really like I know tiny, he's a really good receiver. But he's so I, little. He got blasted on his first catch. I was like, oh, my gosh. I would be hospitalized <laughs> if I got hit like that. It's he looked like, you know, meet Joe Black when he, when he gets hit by oh, the, yeah, the, the, the van. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what it like, – his first hit was like that. One of the most like, unintentionally funny scenes in movie history. <laughs> I howled the it's first so time that amazing. happened. And I know I'm not supposed to, <laughs> no. but I did. 
You just can't have somebody get ragdolled by a van in the middle of that movie. You just can't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that is the first thing I thought of uh, when he got hit. But look, I, I love the game, everything about it. Uh, that was the two best teams, and they both played great. And you still had individual performances that stick out about it. In watching the Chiefs basically sort of school them in the second half, yeah. I was I couldn't help just to sort of bring it uh, home here. Uh, I couldn't help but think about the reports that surfaced at the end of last week that Eric Bieniemy is a candidate for the offensive coordinator position with the Ravens mm-hmm. and with Washington. And I, I could not help but think, please, God, let that happen. Like for Lamar. Let that happen because there's nothing that either of those. I mean, Mahomes is a is a better passer, but there's nothing that's asked of of him in that offense that Lamar couldn't do. And I would just give anything just to see him in in an offense that's not only not 1973, but is like is actually creative. You know, it just looks like a different game. Yeah, compared to what they've done with Lamar in his career. I would. Man, I have such a hard time believing that that's what BNME would do though is take an offensive coordinator position in another team i mean i realize that one of the big i don't know criticisms or doubts about him is that they think andy Reid is the play caller you know and, and they don't yeah. give him a lot of credit for for casey's offense but it's still i don't know man with somebody who's been the offensive coordinator for such a prolific offense even if they don't consider even if he's not the full-time play caller like you would expect him to get a, a head job at some point but that would that would mark one of the excuses off the list. I mean, the other one he had some some history, you know, personal history is the other reason that's often cited. And the other one you hear from time to time is that he's not as easy to work with uh, as as some other people. But a lot of that stuff just stinks of excuses as to why he hadn't been hired to this point. I don't know. Uh, I'd be interested to see if if he would make that kind of a lateral move though. Wouldn't it be funny? And it's not funny what what african-american coaches are kind of up against on a regular basis right. and the, the statistics bear it out so this one i'm not having that debate with anybody who wants to argue with me but wouldn't it be kind of funny if it's he just is does something really dumb in every interview right you know like, like daryl in the office you know or like at the it was like a layup interview and then at the end he like takes the basketball and, exactly. and shoots it and like exactly. breaks the fish tank and yes <laughs> Just like there's a reason, but it's ridiculous. Like that. <laughs> because you, you, on some level, when they're this creative, and, and Andy Reid right after the game was like, Pat was great, Kelsey was great, Eric Bieniemy was great. Like He yeah. made sure his name was, was uh, mentioned sure. there. Uh, you almost feel like it's, it's so absurd, considering what it takes for other people to get opportunities to be a head coach compared to what he's done. It's ridiculous. Well, right? I'm not gonna, like, I don't want to check my guy because I'm really, really happy for him, but John Gannon's getting an interview in Arizona, and he just right. got torched for 38 points in the Super Bowl. Office by staff of Nick Sirianni. Right, by Eric Bieniemy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's his yeah. offense. I just – that's the kind of stuff that people point at, and they're like, come on, man. And, I, and I'm and i pumped for John Gannon. Don't get me wrong. But, like, objectively looking at it, I understand why people pull their hair out. You know, like, looking looking at those situations. it's 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 tough to compare those resumes. Thoroughly uh, enjoyed that, and look, I I don't think the Chiefs are going anywhere. You know, if you talk to no. folks uh, in Kansas yeah. City, they will tell you. You know, we mentioned the stat; they were sixth in the league in starts or, or snaps by the rookies, rookies. Yeah. Uh, and they this was supposed to be a little bit of the transition year in which they avoided paying you know Tariq Hill a ton of money, and they got a little younger, and you know they they drafted really well, and, and they've got a lot of really impactful players that are young and on those rookie contracts and the Chiefs yeah. aren't going anywhere and for poor uh for poor Lamar like I just I desperately would just like to see him in that offense so or something like it that and a lot of, I know Kelsey took a lot of heat for his like us against the world yeah. so many doubters speech because I like that that wears on me too yes. when when you know the number one seed is talking like that. Like Georgia was the most egregious one. It's like, dude, you're the defending champions. You're it's like when Dabo tries it. Like, like the you're, whole, you're the right. preseason favorite in the ACC every year. The whole year, right? The whole year, everybody was like, "Who's going to beat Georgia?" Probably nobody. And they went fifteen and zero. And you're trying to play the underdog card. Like, spare right. me. But I understand that going into this year, there were doubters. 
because they let Tyreek Hill walk, you know, and they and the the weapons that they replaced him with weren't necessarily like obviously they they did trade for Juju, you know, and and they had a couple of other nice pieces and some developing pieces, but they it was running back by committee, you know, and, and Pacheco ended up being their number one by the end of the year rookie, and there was you know there was no true uh, heir apparent to the Tyreek Hill role, and a lot of people were saying, well, let's see what Patrick Mahomes is without the fastest receiver in the league, right? That kind of takes the top off this defense and makes it work. He made it work, you know, and, and, and they were good all year. And then there was also the conversations. First, Josh Allen. Has Josh Allen passed Patrick Mahomes? You know, the Bills were really the favorite all year until the last five or six weeks of the season. And then there were the conversations about Joe Burrow, you know, and Joe Burrow was 3-0 and going into the going into the AFC Championship game against uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like, there were storylines where it felt like maybe the Chiefs were being slighted a little bit. I don't think they pulled that out of thin air. And then everybody on the pregame show picked the Eagles. You know, oh, so it, no. It wasn't like – it wasn't – By the way, did you see Nate Burleson, though? Nate Burleson predicted that the Chiefs would win 38-35. Really? On second field goal. Really? Wasn't my pick yeah. like 38-31? We have I it think on. So. We have it on Friday. Like I, I, I think picked. So, yeah. I picked the Chiefs thirty-eight, thirty-one. So I wasn't that far off. That was pretty close. But Nate Burleson, that's pretty good, man. Pretty yeah, he's good. pretty good. He's pretty good at all of that. Pretty good at uh, all. Enjoyed that. it. I. It was. It was a worthy Super Bowl, and I ate a lot, so I could not have asked for anything more than that. All right. I ate a fair amount. I did. I ate my fair share. What's like your standard? What do you eat? You know, normally, I make wings. You know, but this yeah. this year, I just I didn't feel like. I, Whenever I go to these parties, and I'm I love it. It's my love language, you know, making food for other people. That's that's what I do. So I usually don't mind like putting in twelve hours of work on on food, and other people are just like, eh, I threw together this whatever, you know. <laughs> but this year, I, I I hadn't started anything on Saturday night, and I was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this half ass, you know. So my girlfriend made uh, pigs in a blanket, and we're good to go. That was our contribution. Yeah, I, we uh, <laughs> and they we were delicious. A ton of food. Uh, my favorite, and we didn't have it, I, I should have made it, uh, I love to nervously eat seven-layer dip. It's just like one of my... <laughs> just you know, nervously. I just, like, well, I don't like to, to eat it normally, but just nervously no, eat. I'll, I never crave it except for when I'm just sort of intensely <laughs> watching a football game or a sporting event. I can just eat it nonstop. Yeah. I never even feel like I'm progressing to it. See, I love a queso. Full. I love um, a queso in a crock fair. pot. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I like a or, buffalo, or buffalo chicken, buffalo dip. chicken dip. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's always a good go-to. That's 1A, 1B uh, for me. I, mm, I love mm. both of, of those. All right, let's take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll open up the phones. It was a very busy weekend, UofL basketball. We got uh, an interesting and encouraging text. I want to read it uh, about Louisville basketball. I want to talk about that game against Miami at 4 o'clock. We'll talk a little bit about this. Uh, what's what's coming up this weekend. Uh, and Josh Hurd and the decision to, uh, to hang a banner of sorts uh, in, for the, the 2013 team uh, as well. And why... If, if you are bulking at that, uh, I'll stick around. I've got some uh, some insight for you. So we'll take all of that here. We'll take your college text throughout here on the drive on I time the vote. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, Come on, muscle through it. But then also say, Hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. 
Phone lines, they are open on a Monday after the Super Bowl uh, and the college basketball season now. Um, getting closer to the end uh, than, than the beginning conference play. We're getting closer to conference tournaments, NCAA tournaments, bracketologies. Uh, I still don't understand why Joe Lenardi doesn't update his bracketology more often. Yes, like, if you're going to be... I guess, like if you're the NC, like you're the ESPN guy. I looked at their bracketology today for uh, something else, and I was like, "Yeah, I haven't updated this since the 10th." But we have the internet now. It's the 13th. This is insane. Yeah, it's, come on. Seems like every Ken Palm updates as soon as the game ends. Right. It should be like every other day, every third, or at least twice a week, every time. I would feel like you should always do it on Monday morning after a weekend of games, yeah. right? Yeah, the weekend's the most impactful. Usually it's like weekend and then Thursday after the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday stretch of games, right? I mean, that that, yeah. that seems like that should be it. Uh, I did want uh, one last thing that I wanted to say uh, about the, the Super Bowl before we move on to the Louisville and Miami. Uh, I have this – I'm trying to figure out what – like Pat Mahomes is, is different uh, than – than a lot of other quarterbacks, insanely successful. I feel like there, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there as like a description. You tell me if this works for you like at all. Mm. Um, I feel like he is and plays like weird people thought Brett Favre was. Like he's he's this he's a little bit shorter and compact. He's got this crazy quick release, giant arm. He takes a lot of chances. Like he looks like he's having fun. He sort of does non-traditional things like Favre did, except for he throws them to his team <laughs> instead of the other team. <laughs> and so like you know, Madden was like in love with him. Yeah, you'll recall from back in the day. But I feel like Mahomes does all that stuff and isn't a detriment to his team or a terrible person. Yeah, yeah, he throws. He doesn't turn the ball over as much. Like all those yeah. things. Like he's he's a better version of that. A far better. Version a better of version of that. I think that's fair. I will say the texture that says the dude eats burnt steak with ketchup. Enough said. Hater speaking. Mm. I understand that because that was the one time. That's a big. That's a big no no. It's a big red flag. Like it was. It was the one time when that like anecdote came out where I was like. Oh, yeah, man, get me away from this dude. <laughs> but but I feel like the glimmer of his play on the field is, All right. I just, I got to get over it. I don't know. I saw, here's what if I wanted to, if he to eats, ask. If, if I cook a steak and he asks me to cook it well done, though, Mark, it ain't going to happen. All right? I'm just going to let you know well, that. Okay, so along those lines, if yeah. you were with a group of people, and let's just say like friends, and someone ordered that. Yeah. What would you? What would you do? I mean, it depends on like. Are we talking like good friends? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm roasting them. Like you're catching. You're catching these. Uh, you're catching these comments for sure. That's. I mean, that's that's. Un, like I. As long as we're in a restaurant and they're paying for it, like I can't do that much about it. I'll make fun of them. But if we're like at my house and I'm cooking steak for people, I'm not cooking it. Well done. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not going above medium. Like if you want that, like just my steak's not for you. I'm a mid rare guy, but I will go to medium for friends. You know, above that, you're just killing it. There's no point in me making a nice ribeye for you because you want to ruin it. Oh, I I very much uh, remember Gordon Ramsay being confronted with a bad review of a steak at his restaurant. And uh, when he when he talked to the person, he's like, "So would you have?" And they had a steak well done. He's like, "Well, <laughs> right." That's he said. That's not good anywhere. Yeah, he's like, "Well, I I mean, I what do you want me to you say?" You ordered burn steak. <laughs> you ordered a bad steak, and we yes. delivered. Made in a bad way, and we and you know, it's the best, best like, of the worst. And look, eat what you want to eat. Like I'm not gonna like drag strangers for this, but I do remember when I was. When I used to work at Outback, you know, people be like, "Give me a fillet, butterfly it, well done." I'm just like, "Dude, let's just what? get you a sirloin or something." Like, don't get the most expensive cut on the menu and just like kill that thing again. Did you I ever have... confront the customers that order the well done steaks? No, no you can't I mean, do that. No. no, like, what am I going to? I Outback? have heard, no. Dave. Uh, yeah, right. We're not confronting customers at Outback. Like, just let them for their live. preferences. Like, let them live. Yeah. But I have heard <laughs> you the money. that yeah. that at at higher end places, if you order your steak well done, you they give you the worst meat. 
Like, they, they don't do, give yeah. you the grade A stuff. Like, if we're going to burn it, we're burning bad steak, not good steak. Yeah. That's not, that's that's not there's a, some that's, justice in that. <laughs> there, there, that's not a a rumor, really. I've seen that done, and it's mostly because what's the difference? It's not like well, you deserve what you order. It's more like you're not going to be able to tell, and <laughs> we got to sell this to somebody. You know what I mean? Makes sense to me. Yeah. All right, let's get uh, Jack in here before we turn our attention to uh, the Louisville basketball game against Miami. Jack, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive on nine ten the Villa on a Monday. What's up? Hey guys, happy Monday! Uh, I hadn't heard of any 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 pocket potatoes this Super Bowl weekend. Um, <laughs> that's a given, Jack. They're moments uh, they're, coming. They're always there. Yeah. Okay. Ever no, present. That's, that's a given. But uh, well, but anyway, so so I heard you guys talking on Friday about the uh, you know the whole you know coaches my dad and all the stories from from that that I'm sure most of us have, and, and I just had one that, that always makes me laugh. Uh, so my dad was one of those you know. He'd always tell you you could do better, you know, for the most part, but like you know, in a positive way. So like you know, if I came home with like a 92 on a test or something, he'd say, "Oh well, well room for improvement." It's like, thanks, Dad. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, any, anyway, so, so he was a defensive coach for our grade school football team. I was in like fifth grade, and um, and I was at a buddy's house for for a sleepover, you know, as as ten year old kids typically do, right? Um, and he came to pick me up the next morning and drive to the game. We kick off at like eleven or noon, you know, those games were always super early. Uh, and on the way to the game, my dad didn't even ask me how I felt. He just he just said he thought I looked too tired in the car and just didn't play me for the entire first half of the game. Um, and and <laughs> the, the funniest part to me is not that that happened because, you know, whatever, we're, we're like 10 years old, right? But but I was in a sleepover with like four of my other teammates. So, so, and, and, and they played. So and, anyway, you know, love the show. Thanks, guys. Just That's one funny. Of those Parents are always harder on their own when they're t- when they're at least the younger ages, yep. as they should be. Oh, <laughs> uh, my! Uh, By the way, my yeah, mom my... texted me when I was telling the story of the shin guards and just texted "punk." Like, <laughs> 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 I was like, "Hey, yeah, you know, sorry, yeah, mom." <laughs> so I've I've said this before, but my dad would always yell like, I don't know, in front of everybody, like, "Drop that piano and run." <laughs> he would say that because I was a chunky kid, and uh, I haven't forgiven him for that. I still feel it, and I would. Not, it's it's one of those things when you grow up and you have children of your own. You you kind of decide I'm either going to do exactly what my parents did or not verge very far from it, or mm-hmm. I'm going to do the polar opposite. Yeah, and then, there's no that's middle ground. One, that's one where I'm going opposite. I'm going opposite on that one. Drop your like piano and run. Drop that piano and run. Yep. Us husky kids, you know. Oh boy. <laughs> Here, just one real quick aside before we move on. Like, yes. The only sport that my middle school supported. Yes. In uh, the West Point Middle School, like we played, I played all my soccer, and basketball and baseball and everything of the youth sports, you know, and on base. But the only sport they actually supported was cross country. <laughs> so like all of us ran cross country oh, <laughs> at least for a couple of years so i spent like a couple of seasons like sprinting to the finish line at the end trying not to be last place yeah <laughs> i mean a couple other husky kids yeah you just don't want to be that kid that comes in last place never finished last but i was close <laughs> anyway we can move on it was not my future it was cross country <laughs> <laughs> and you've never run a marathon? No, I did a 10-miler once. Didn't run the whole time. But yeah. <laughs> That's more than I've ever done. Yeah, but I did do the 10-miler, the Papa John's 10-miler a couple years ago, like 10 years ago. Uh, I did want, a texter sent this in, and I did want to call attention to it, that Jeff Goodman tweeting earlier that Mike Bray was like, I'm not retiring. I'm not done coaching. Even though he's this is his last year at, at Notre Dame. I thought he did announce that he was retiring. <laughs> I mean, he tweeted this today. I don't so know. He's, the, the I mean, report, he's, he's kind of making it sound like he's being forced out. The reporting at, at the time seemed very ominous. That it was like this is like a mute, not really mutual. It's more we want you out of here, but we're not. We'll let you do justice here. I thought it was done though, for sure. Regardless, no, of, he's no, he's saying he's not done coaching. Oh, so he's going to coach somewhere else? Is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that that's interesting. Well, the Porter Moser stuff started coming out today, where if Notre Dame wants him, he's going to go. From Oklahoma to Notre Dame, so that means that's a name I forgot about. I haven't heard that name in a bit. Well, if you're Notre Dame, you hire that man. Holy you hire God, that man right? immediately. That would be a yeah. coup. 
Yeah, that would be incredible. Of Loyola Chicago fame. 8150939. That's uh, the number if you'd like to get in here. 3831939 for the UPS Jobs text line. Dave, if you had told me on Friday that Louisville's going to go to Miami, play a top 25 team that's one of the contenders in the ACC, and that they would go down there and shoot 58%, yeah. I would say this is the Western game. This this is amazing. 58% as a team that they would go you know, 10 of 23 from three. I would have thought they they stunned Miami and won that game going away. Mm. And it it's on one level it represents some improvement or at least like a sign that some real high level offense is in there. Cuz Miami's not a bad defensive team by any stretch. And we've I've got a theory about like our dissatisfaction with this year. In, in how the team has looked, that I think it's harder for us to know directly when we're seeing bad defense because we don't totally – we're not experts to that level. But you don't have to be an expert at all to know when you're seeing bad offense because it's just no shots go in. Like it's that – you know what I mean? Like it's just – it's Man. not – but sometimes it's kind of hard to tell when your team is bad on defense or the other team is really just kind of on a roll uh, or something like that. Uh, and I think part of the reason this season has felt so grating to so many people is, like, it's real hard to watch bad offense. You know, you're like, all right, they scored. Let's get on down. Oh, crap, we just dribbled it out of bounds. Right. You know, it just, I think it grates on you more. But what a what an incredible disappointment to to shoot so well, to score 85 points in regulation and it's still not be close to enough. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the most disappointing about this. And I don't want to like, you know, just get super negative about it because I think there were a lot of really good and this we've been negative enough for good reason. And there was a lot of good things on the offensive end. It wasn't just like lucky shot making, you know, like they were they were moving the ball better, you know, and and it was yeah. they were getting good looks and they were hitting them, you know, and and L. Ellis had a really good game. I thought Jalen Withers was really nice for most of the game and took good shots. And he's quietly become one of the better three-point shooters in the league <laughs> at this point, <laughs> which is pretty a uh, pretty remarkable kind of transformation for him. I think that we've all just wanted consistency from him and maybe him to stop trying to drive the lane <laughs> as much. And I think he's starting to figure out what his role is on this team with five games left or whatever. Um, but with this... Uh, the biggest, I think, issue that everybody has is like you don't want to – this was as good as this team can play offensively and defensively we just weren't anywhere close to good enough. We gave away, gave up 93 points. And like this is kind of what we saw with the Western game except that we were playing a better opponent. You know, we had this great offensive game or this great offensive output, uh, shot the lights out, but we're playing a superior opponent and couldn't get any stops on the other end. None at all. I mean, we only had 12 turnovers, which for this team is phenomenal, uh, and 12 assists, so, you know, it was just kind of a wash there. But Miami had 20 assists. We only forced six Miami turnovers. You know, and the entire game was marked with slow rotation, not getting out on shooters. You know what I mean? Like, just basic things, and Miami's the type of team with just microwave scores, Nigel Pack, et cetera, Isaiah Wong, that can really – take advantage of of those type of mistakes and just a lot of guys that know how to score the basketball by the way uh porter moser asked about notre dame today did what you, if you are a fan mm -hmm. is is a dream he says i have no interest in notre dame and that is a quote i have no interest in notre dame i'm home there i'm home go. here like that's I mean, no answers ultimately are going to be uh, convincing because of just the nature of coaches and what they do. But in terms of what you can write, that's that's way up there, right? I don't know. So like you are, for a coach me, to say, that's what I'm saying. Like for a coach, you that's that's the best you can really hope for your coach to say. That's great. I congratulate Porter Moser on being the next head coach in Notre Dame I know, basketball. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, he was the head coach at Loyola Chicago, you know, a Catholic institution in the Midwest. Notre Dame is the 
mothership Catholic institution in America, let alone the Midwest. Like right. I, I, I can see Notre Dame being his, his end, you know, goal. But look, sure, why not, Porter? I, I, sure, you'll be at Oklahoma. That's where you want to be. I'll have to say, I, of all the disappointments, you know, this year with 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 the men's basketball team, the fact that they are. That not like bad, not even not improved, but but truly like not a good defensive team. Yeah, I you know I I thought that would be automatic. You know that's to me I guess is even the biggest surprise because when I was hearing in the preseason, you know I'm gosh who is going to handle the ball, where are the points going to come from, you know all that stuff. I understood, and that made sense to me. But it, I never thought for a minute that they would be this much of a sieve on the defensive end i thought that would be because defense to me is you know it's primarily about effort and and motivation and energy and and then game plan right and And i and look for whatever you think of cal and in his acumen as an x's and o's guy and look he's taken a beating this year uh no question but on the defensive end it's They've never. It's never like they're they are archaic on defense. He's stubborn on defense sometimes, but like they coach defense very well. Oh, he, that's the one thing he's always been able to do is take a bunch of big personalities and big talented kids and and get them to play defense almost from day one. This thing, like this, has been the the biggest disappointment for this team is is the defensive end, and this is the the thing that I highlight the most when I talk about. And I know I don't want to make this the same like. 50-50 show on, on Kenny Payne and, and, you know, the the extremes and getting nasty or anything like that. But this is the biggest concern for me is when people say, well, these teams aren't talented and they're uncoachable and this and that. I feel like, if nothing else, defense is as much about coaching and effort as anything. You know, like getting them in the right place on the floor to succeed, you know, and then the players need to, to play hard. And I looked at this roster going into the season, and even if offensively they don't make any sense together, on defense you were going to have like a whole mess of like six, eight, six, seven kids with seven-foot wingspans. Like, if nothing else, we're looking at it going, man, there is so much length that this should be a really disruptive team. You know, and we should be able to maybe get some offense out of our defense and create some turnovers and be aggressive – like Kenny Payne understands Louisville basketball, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to play some full-court press. We're going to play some pressure defense. We're going to create turnovers and get offense out of it. I remember having that conversation a hundred times last offseason. You know, when we're talking about what we expected, those were the things that we expected, and we thought we knew what we were getting. And that's among the most – and probably the most disappointing thing about this team is that they're so lost on defense so often that when we have this – fantastic offensive performance with a lot of highlights that we can't really enjoy it too much because we still got beat somewhat soundly down the stretch by a really good Miami team. Yeah, it, the irony, I think, of all everything is that with the coaching change, this group actually probably would have really thrived in the pack line. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels so bad to say that. But, I never want to hear that know, again, man. <laughs> worried about depth and, you know, that sort of thing. Like, and they're all uh, long arms and all that sort of thing. Like, you really feel like they, they probably could have done pretty well uh, with it. But I'm not wishing for it to come back. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, I don't. Like, I, I feel like you, you should never say that again. Like, anything that resembles that. <laughs> but I'm not wrong. Like, it, I think it would have worked. Yeah. But, that's the part that surprised me most. It's the biggest, I think, disappointment. You mentioned it. You shoot the lights out against Miami, 58% from the field. You ought to beat everybody if you shoot 58%. And yeah. you, get 10, you get 10 threes, and you don't turn the ball over like an insane, like an embarrassing amount or anything. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's it, a, a reasonable amount. put on yeah. a clinic yeah. offensively. They did. They did, and it, but a lot of it had to do with the fact that we're just not good defensively. And they took advantage of that. The the worst thing that's happened so far recently, I get a text from Mark Blankenbaker over the weekend. It, I mean, that's not the worst. I was about to say, I, I might be able to take that out of context. Just mark that right yeah. there. Yeah. It's the worst thing. Pause, 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 pause on my You know the mark. worst yeah. thing that happened this weekend? I, I got a text from Mark yeah. Blankenbaker. Mark Blankenbaker. Boom, right there. You, you want to know what he texted me? And he was being funny, and I really did appreciate it. It was very funny. He said, do you still think hiring Mark Jackson would be a mistake? <laughs> 
and I hired him. I was like, I texted him. I was like, how long have you been waiting? <laughs> That's been in the drafts. <laughs> yeah, to send me that. Oh, it was very funny. Very opportunistic on his part. Oh, man. I still think it would have been a mistake. Texture says, do you honestly think player for player, aside from maybe Wong, that Miami is better skill-wise? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Omir, uh, Pack. Nigel Pack yeah. was a phenomenal player at Kansas State yeah. before he transferred to, to Miami. You know, they have a lot of very good players. Poplar. Miller. But I, mean, I, they, I, do, I do think, Dave, that this game showed – like there's more in there than we've seen, especially on the offensive end. Because I don't. Oh, I dude, don't, you know I agree with that. <laughs> I don't think that that Miami is is uh, they're 125th on Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Other than the upper third defensively, defensive efficiency. Like Louisville did that against a good defense. Uh, and if anything, it shows there is some skill and some talent here, and that they have not harnessed it well enough. I agree, one hundred percent on the offensive end in particular. Yeah. Now, they're the ninth best offense in all of college basketball. So Louisville was never going to put on like they were going to be like the eighty-five Bears out there. But you just—it's just—it stinks that your own defense was was so porous that the kind of shooting that you just never get even wasn't even enough then. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I my position is clear on on this staff not getting the best out of these players. I think that we're better than we've played. But that's, I mean, I don't want to beat that dead horse anymore. I mean, I think it was clear on Saturday that I, I, I feel like players are doing things that they should have been doing all year and should have found those rules earlier. But, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, can we squeeze Roger in before we hit the top of the hour break? Yep. Let's get him in here, Roger. Thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive. It's on your mind, bud. Hey, guys. Uh, to preface, when um – uh, before the season began, I've got a friend who's a diehard North Carolina fan, and he asked me what I thought about the team. I said, well, you can't teach height, but we don't have any guards. And uh, obviously that's what's come to happen. We've got a bunch of pack line-oriented defensive players that are tall and take up space, but they're not good laterally. They're not good at moving around and guarding smaller, quicker people. And to me, I, that, that's the issue I see. It's just a transition from one idea of defense to another. I mean, I, listen, Roger, I appreciate uh, the call there. I, I, there's something to that. It certainly is a mindset. You know, the, the pack line, like the big thing it punishes is, is taking chances. You know, you've got to be a team. And, and, and everyone has to sort of maintain their area. Uh, and and be prepared to swipe at the ball and that sort of thing, but you're not taking any chances at all. Uh, and that's – I expected them to be just the opposite, and instead they don't take any chances now. Yeah. And it's just really bad defense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it cost them uh, yet again. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. If you want to continue uh, to react to that one, uh, you can. We will talk about the fact that Louisville's going to honor the 2013 team uh, this weekend with a different kind of banner than we're used to seeing. I know there's been some uh, grousing about that, but I think it will make perhaps a little bit more sense uh, when we come back here. On the other side, on the drive on I think.